So I Married a Cinephile uses clips, quotes, and songs in fair use as commentary for movie review, with no intention for monetary profit or gain. So please don't sue us. We're just having fun. Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? Look at this! Uh, wow! Look at this J.J. Abrams. This is lens epic. We need to like wow. look into the sun. Look at the sky. This uh, this podcast is of course made specifically for J.J. Abrams. So I'm. Uh, this I'm podcast really glad we also this. is apparently blessed with the divine Holy Spirit. It is. Thank you, Lord. Well done, God. Good job, Jesus. I don't know. Anyways, hi guys. Welcome back to So I Married a Cinephile. Welcome back. Well, I, I guess we should introduce ourselves. We should for anybody that's watching this for the first. Oh wow, we went from one person to no <laughs> to one no watching. One. They're like, oh, see no the JJ Abrams. It's just it's not going to work. Maybe for that everybody. was JJ Abrams, and, and he's, he's like, I don't appreciate, I don't appreciate you making fun that. of me. That so I work very hard on I'm my lens go. flare. At any rate, I'm Ben Farmer, and I'm a cinephile. I'm Megan Carver, and I'm a cine newbie. I still feel like am I a sin and newbie still? I mean, there's a lot of movies we haven't seen. I know. Well, we watch all kinds of movies, new and old. And we let you know if you should watch them too. This is episode two of season four. That's correct. Officially. Happy yes. Memorial Day weekend, everyone. I think that's why we don't have any uh, anyone tuning in right now. Because right, everyone's probably... Having a barbecue. Hopefully, safely having a barbecue with masks on. Yes, eating burgers distance. with masks on uh, uh, has a yes. lot more fiber to it. We are, uh, we're up in the woods still in beautiful New Hampshire. And the neighborhood has gotten real busy real fast. Because yes. everyone's coming up to the lake for the summer. Although they're so. coming up to the lake and the lake isn't open yet. So Not they're yet. like, yeah! They closed oh. all the beaches just like in Jaws. You've got to close the beaches! That's my Roy Scheider impression. Do you remember Thank the you so unofficial sponsor that we had for that? For Jaws? Roy oh, Scheider well, Scheider. Have a glosh. Have a glosh. <laughs> Sean Connery. Do you remember we Roy used Scheider's to do unofficial cider? sponsors for every That's single right. episode? There was one that was totally for the karate kid that was like a log where you karate chop the log and it immediately bursts into flames. <laughs> I don't remember it's, that. It's uh, sweep, sweep, sweep the log. Sweep the log. That's sweep and then um, uh, Roy Scheider's Shi- no, Cider. Roy Scheider's Cider. Right. Which was promoted by, by spokesperson Sean, Sean Connery, Connery. Who is still alive. Who is still alive. So props to Sean Connery. For being alive. For being alive. <laughs> for hanging in there, man. You're, you're, beating, you're beating COVID at that old age. Good for we you. Should, I would say we Scotsman. should come back with uh, with unofficial sponsors, but I'd be great of having with us having real sponsors. That would be nice. So if you guys want to... Well, no. Okay. We need... I've looked into this. Okay. You need to have a solid like audience and following and a certain number of downloads before anybody will take you seriously and be like, hey, could you promote our sheets on your podcast? Right, right. So we're not there yet. Not yet. We're four seasons in, though, so we're getting so there. So subscribe, you know. share, tell people tell about us and review us. It's enjoyable. So that, yeah. we can, so that we can tell you about Jersey sheets. Speaking of Jersey. No, we're not going into it yet. We watched. No, oh, okay. we have to talk about what what happened. There is a system to Speaking our Speaking of miscommunication. Oh my god. We watched. No. no. Oh, okay. How was your week? It was great. What was something? What was something fun or exciting or that you're excited about? 
something that happened this week. I feel like I've been back and forth between New York at least three times. That's accurate. Um, so I was able to go down and actually collect a good amount of our stuff and bring it up here to store because... To the we, ranch. We wanted to... <laughs> to the ranch, as we call it. Uh, we wanted to kind of outfit the place with some of our belongings, which has really helped, I think. Yes. Um, and I've I've also gotten to see uh, our good friends Colin and Shira, which has been really nice. Hi, Colin. Hi, Shira. Hi um, and we're going down tomorrow. Yeah. To uh, to kind of put Wrap the finishing up. touches on cleaning up our apartment because yep. we're going to be here for the summer. So at least at least so. we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm going to try to move this. I feel like the flare is oh, just so freaking a... intense. There we go. There we go. That's better. Well, okay. Um, today rate. I got to do a lot of yard work, which was enjoyable. I mowed yes. the lawn and pulled what felt like 50 pounds of weeds. It out was of the a ground. lot. Um, a lot of dandelions growing up around here. I know I've so. told you this, but I you know that I'm allergic to dandelions. And when I was a little kid, I told this bully, the bully found out that I was allergic to dandelions. So she took my best friend in middle school and they played over at the tetherball court and she lined the tetherball with dandelions uh, the the so that I couldn't come in. Uh, and she's like, you wow. can't come in. Kids are spectacularly Fucking cruel. ruthless. That is insane. I was. I mean, that's wow. inventive as it's shit. It's very inventive. I almost want to be that person. That's friend. like kryptonite, but it's right. dandelion and it's middle and school. And were you like super dramatic about it? Were you like, Oh, Ugh. of course. <laughs> Absolutely. I turned around and walked away and you could hear the sad Charlie Brown music playing as I trudged away, you know, realizing that my best friend was no longer my best friend. At least she for had the been day, properly yeah. stolen. Like forever? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. At that point <laughs> in time, never, I was like, I guess that's when, it. like the next day, she I was have like, to hey, find a new best Yeah, exactly. Right. At that point in time, I was like, no, I guess I have to find a new best friend. Right. So, right. Kids' memories at that point are like a dog's memory where they like, oh, yeah. Five minutes past, they're like, oh, oh, yeah. But I, then I didn't mean that. when you that. turn 30, it all crops up, and that's why you go to therapy. You're 35. I know. When you're 30, it crops up again. And shit from your childhood, you realize affects you as an adult. So, so you've you been go to thinking therapy. about that for five years? No, of course not. I've been oh, thinking okay. about it for way longer than five <laughs> years. Much longer than that. Um, and I had a COVID birthday, with, I don't, which I don't think we mentioned. No, we also yeah. haven't talked about Boogie Nights. No. Uh, would you recommend Boogie Nights? I would not recommend Boogie Nights. Here's the thing. I can appreciate... We're, we're going to touch on Boogie Nights just real quick. Okay. Just because yeah. we, we should get that out of yes. the way. I okay, so I will say that it it actually turned out to be a <laughs> fucking trigger of a movie for me. Yeah. Not because like it's you know horrible or it has anything like, but it's it's an intense movie. It's intense. It's, it's the word that you used to describe it, and I totally agree. Is it was raw. Yeah. It was fucking Especially raw. The end, like act two and the end of act two. Yeah. Like, and I like really, I yeah. was expecting, and it kind of gave this vibe at the beginning. Of like, oh, a goofy comedy about porno stars that like, I was like, oh, it's Step Brothers, but with porn. Like, <laughs> John, that's... John C. Riley's in it. Exactly. It must be like Step Brothers. It must be like Step Brothers or, or Chicago or, oh, you know, Whatever at any rate. Um, so I was jarred massively by it. So um, we had to take a little bit of a break. We had to take a little bit of a break. Um... I, I I can see why the movie you know triggered you. It yes. gets it gets uh, very real and very intense again towards the end of Act Two. It's so well written. It though. is it is a like a film nerd's 
paradise. Yes. I feel like any any film by Paul Thomas Anderson, but especially that one, because it's dealing with so many heavy themes, like the end of the '70s going into the '80s. Um, these characters who are who are in the pornography industry, but they're also a family. No, they're um, no, they're not. They're, they really are, though. They are. Then and you're it, fucking your mom. It's, it, it's no, so no, 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 no. weird. It's, yes, it's weird. She says. I'm your mom, you're my baby, and I'm your mom. And it's like, but yes, then you guys fuck. But that's love to them. It's the same thing between Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett, who kill people and bake them into pies, but it's still love for them because it works for them. It's weird oh, It's weird coming to a place where, no. well, what if you're on a project like that and you have to approach it in a non-judgmental way? Oh, well, of course I'll do it then, but I'm not in the, I'm not in the <laughs> I'm porno movie Julian right Moore. now. I'm right. not doing that. <laughs> We're reviewing it. I'm giving my opinion um, about it. It's one of my favorite movies. We actually didn't get to the scene where they go to Alfred Molina's house and try to steal his money when Alfred Molina is so high on either cocaine or meth or both. That he uh, he he starts playing all this really intense early '80s music and like he chases them down the street with a shotgun. What? It's it's an insane, amazing scene, and he also has this little boy from Thailand who's like throwing all these firecrackers during the whole time. What the? And fuck? so they're all just on the couch, like like just completely what on edge. What is this movie? It's insane. And then the end of the movie. Oh right. With the shot of literally of all shots of Mark Wahlberg's of Mark Wahlberg's. It generous prosthetic. It wasn't actually his. It's not actually his. But he but did get to keep it. I the a little face bit of trivia that there I him. made at the end when he whipped it out Do and it. you see it was Like it someone was, was shining a flashlight it, in your it face. It was like someone shined a flashlight in my face and I also got hit in the face with a warm salty wave and also someone was yelling at my ear. It was just, there was so much to take in. I didn't so watch that part because I was looking at you to see your <laughs> Oh my God. I was like sitting in the chair over here and I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I mean, it's Whoa. just, it's Whoa. so much. So much. I would recommend Boogie Nights for anyone who um, loves good, intense movies, but also any anyone who really just appreciates the art of filmmaking. Because I think Paul Thomas Anderson just brings that out in his films. It's it's a it, it's a filmmakers and a, a film nerd paradise. I would recommend the movie. Burt Reynolds is amazing in this movie too. He oh my god, and he's great. Rest his soul. Like that's the Burt thing. Reynolds it's that amazing. like it's an incredible movie. I would recommend it, but only if you don't have like trigger warnings sure. to like. Uh, let's see here. A lot of violence, yeah. drug abuse. Um, there's also like where guys commit suicide in the middle of a party. But there's and also some really funny moments. There's some really like, funny moments. Laugh out loud moments. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It was just, it was a crazy movie. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, it just didn't sit with me well. And I had a hard time with that. Right. So, which is okay. Which is okay. I was even like, should we do an episode talking about it? But then we were like, yeah, let's yeah, let let's that. Let's give it a little bit of room. Let's let that simmer and Ruminate. sit. Ruminate, yeah. So instead, we watched Van Helsing right. and did that. <laughs> which is which our was last episode. The last My one. first time seeing Van Helsing. Uh, so if you guys are looking for a really entertaining uh, podcast, but also you can watch along with the movie, uh, that's, that's our last episode. Two movies that we've done that. We did it with Cats, which that one, now I want to listen to us react to Cats while we watch it again. <laughs> 
And then also Van Helsing. I don't want to watch Cats again. Oh, you don't want to watch Cats again? I don't want to watch Van Helsing again. Okay, well, you Van know. Helsing is two and a half hours long. I also really want to do live commentary for your movie, Lake Noir. Oh, God. I really love that movie so much. If you so guys much. want, if you want to look it up on Amazon, I'm sure Lake Noir is out there. Lake and Noir. It is. It's, it's, uh... It'll, it'll change you. It will. It will. You'll be a different person after you watch Lake Noir. At any Other rate. Other than that, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. How was your week? It was good. Well, it was okay. Okay. Uh, you know, I have ups and downs and shades of gray, and I'm learning to be okay with that. I think that, you know, I growing up, maybe I thought that like every day needed to be either good or bad, and there was just black and white. You either had a good day or a bad day. And I'm, you know, kind of taking time now to go like, okay, no, it's more like shades of gray. And where are we at in the spectrum of that? So that's something that I'm working on in therapy and with my journal. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but in terms of stuff that I'm excited about, I have a really great guy that I'm working for in copy editing and copywriting. It's for a solar panel company. Solar panels? Solar panels? And uh, I really love doing that work, so I'm really excited to like have a job that I really, you know, care about and something that I really enjoy doing, as well as, you know, I do enjoy doing acting. So it's nice yeah. to have, be discovering that tandem career. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of enjoying your career, no matter what anybody tells you, if you're good at it or not... <laughs> We watched My Cousin Vinny. Wow. I had not watched My Cousin Vinny since I was a teenager. I remember the first time that I watched it, it was over at my friend's house, but it was a movie that my friend's mom had rented. This came out in 92, so I would have been like 9 or 10. So not God. even a teenager. Wow. Um, and I think this movie's rated R. Yes. But I remember her just laughing her ass off. I remember watching it and getting like some of the more obvious jokes but just thinking like Joe Pesci was like just this big personality. Right. And he spoke with a funny accent and, you know, he's... Uh, Larger than life. I, th- I know Joe Pesci's from Jersey, but I think in this movie they're from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. And having like the biggest crush on Marissa Tomei. She's gorgeous. Who is just so... Gorgeous. Amazing. Well, I mean, she's not only gorgeous, but Hi, Stafford. Hi, Stafford. Uh, Marissa Tomei is so... Uh, it, she won an Oscar for this role. Um, and you can really see why. Like, she's just so... I couldn't see why, really? if I'm being honest. Like, no! she just I'm had like, that that okay. character just dialed in. Like, Whoopi Goldberg, who should have won for the color purple, and, and then she wins she for, for ghost. ghost. Yes. Like, this was this... I'm like, I feel like, yes, it's good. It's well done. Marissa she does a Tomei, great job. The fact that Marissa Tomei doesn't have another Oscar right now is kind of... A horrible thing because I, if you watch her in a movie like The Wrestler, where she plays like oh, an old that's stripper right. opposite Mickey Rourke, you're like, why doesn't she have another fucking statue on well, her mantle? I would expect her to win for that versus for my cousin Vinny, but at the same time, like, I don't know, maybe perhaps thinking about what's happening at that point in time in terms of movies and women in movies, yeah. that might have been one of the instances or one of the highlight films of the year where a woman had some fucking chutzpah well, to her. She, she was so grounded and so powerful and so fuck you in the role. Yeah. Like, and Joe Pesci, again, who's like this huge personality. Oh my God. For her to go toe to toe, you know, because they play fiancés in the movie and so that there's clearly this history, this great back and forth. 
She is and the smartest though, person in the room, even though she doesn't get credit for it. She no, ends up she like, is. yeah. And also too, and even though it's like, it's very obvious that he's significantly older than she is. Oh yeah. It's he, pretty he obvious. He was 49 oh and God. she was 27. Oh no! And there was that scene where they're like, where, where the, the scene about her leaving the faucet on in the bathroom. Yeah. And that whole discussion, as yeah. soon as they were like this... Yeah. I'm like, oh. No. Oh, he's much. He's like, so and it wasn't like, older. oh, I hope they don't kiss because they're clearly going to. But it was like, it was just really evident. They're like, oh, there's, there's like a half of a life age dispar- yeah. discrepancy here. Yeah. But they, they play it off really well. They're very right, much in love. The they thing, have great chemistry. It, it makes sense. Like, yeah. it made sense. It didn't, it, it, if you look for it, you're like, ah, oh, that's awkward. But otherwise, it's like, no, that happens. Right. It was fine. Like, I was okay with it. Right. His last but name is Gambini. Her sh- name is Mona Lisa Vito. We need to do the... You haven't done IMDb? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me My break goodness. this down. I'm so sorry. Jeez. I'm going to turn I'm the light so on. I'm so excited to talk about this. Because I haven't seen you, it in so uh, Right. Long. We weren't even sure. Like, there was this and then Page Master, which I... We have... I never saw Page never, Master. I, we have no idea what that is. And I don't really have an interest in seeing Page Master. I don't know. I, I probably will watch it just because like my friend Maddie freaked out about it. And oh, yeah. so did actually um, Jacob Dean Watson freaked out about it. So well. My Cousin Vinny came out in 1992, rated R. It's a crisp two hours long. Two New Yorkers are accused of murder in rural Alabama while on their way back to college and one of their cousins, who's an inexperienced loudmouth lawyer not accustomed to Southern rules and manners, comes in to defend them. Perfect. Bam. Well done. It's it's a great sort of fish out of water scenario where uh, if you love the Karate Kid, you'll love this movie because Ralph Macchio, Daniel LaRusso himself, is driving through Alabama because they both, I think they, they both to went to NYU, they both went to NYU, but then they both got like, got into UCLA. accepted UCLA maybe yeah. for their, uh, to finish their last two years, I don't know. So anyway, they're driving from New York to UCLA. They go through Alabama uh, I love too how they the way that they started it. They set the scene at first. I was like, why are they showing us all of this like, like random ass like hillbilly stuff, like free manure and buy right, wood and right. like you know that stuff you see up here. Though. That stuff Not that, that I'm well, calling New Hampshire hillbillies. No, no, I'm, I'm but, saying when you get in rural places like right, this, which when you're I was used like, to why are York, they showing that to us? But then later on, you figure out it's like, oh, they're setting the stage yeah. for like. This is Alabama. Yeah. Like these they go folks to NYU. do not like no. they're rough and tumble. They also are pretty lenient when it comes to like executions. They're like, well, you're a dick, so we're gonna fry oh, you. No, no. Like Put you in the electric So chair. I realized later on the reason they did that was to set the stage for the environment that they were going to be well, in. And you also get that when they go and they stop in a convenience store to do some shopping. Right. And they're like reading the labels and the brands, they're like, I've never heard of this brand. Right. Like, have you? Right. Like they, they're used to shopping in their bodegas or at their New York stores. Right. And they're like, I don't trust this label. Like why would I buy this? So they leave mm-hmm. after they get some snacks and what, what? they accidentally stash a can of tuna in their pocket. They right. they buy like fifty dollars worth of groceries, right. but they, he accidentally puts a can of tuna in his pocket because his arms are full. Right, and then a, he realizes the that a cop. Well, not only that, but he pulls him over, and the guy immediately has a shotgun yeah, on them. Like there's no cordial. Like the all cops right, are like get your hands up. And they're like, what the what fuck? What's happening? There's a whoa, can whoa, of whoa, tuna. Whoa. So they go and they go to the police uh, police station, and they're being you, interrogated. For you murder. find out that they're being. <laughs> questioned for a murder that happened right after they left right so but they don't know that so they so ralph macchio is like okay i did it it. i'm you know stupid i wasn't thinking he was talking about the can of tuna he accidentally left in his pocket and he's like what's the big deal like i'm sorry i'll pay for it 
you know, my, my then, friend didn't know about it because right. it was an accident. And then he, the, the police officer says, so why did you shoot the uh, cashier, clerk. Yeah. the clerk? And he's like, I shot the clerk. He's like, why did you shoot the clerk? He's like, I shot the clerk. <laughs> like, and, and they it takes took him that a minute. as a confession. Right, right. For both of them. For and it takes him them. a minute to realize like, oh, fuck, they're actually charging us with murder. Right. I thought you were talking about me taking this can of tuna. Right. Which is too much tuna. Too much tuna. Hey. Um, Maybe we'd get that in. So, so now they need a lawyer to defend them because they are in rural Alabama being charged with murder. And if they're found guilty, they are going to be put on death row. Right. High stakes. Which I will say, I felt a little bit bad about Ralph Macchio's bestie. Uh, which also, side note, for anybody that watches Friends, plays Rachel's ex fiance Barry. Oh, does he really? Yes. He's in Friends? He's in Friends. Okay. He's in the, like, I want to say fifth and seventh episode or something. Oh, okay. He shows up Interesting. randomly. He's, yeah. yeah. And this is Ralph Macchio post Karate Kid 2, so I think he's, he's done with Karate Kid. He's got that weird rapey mustache. That, that really rapey thin... mustache. Yeah, have you not oh, heard? Have you not heard that before? I don't think I've heard of a rapey mustache. Am I, I know anyone? for sure I've heard the term rapey mustache. Like I... it's that thin mustache where it doesn't really quite come in. Some but people can't really it. grow mustaches. They grow it well. like as best they can. Paying with a broad brush like that. It, it's, it's, it, I swear to you, it a is a thing. Mustache. It's a rapey mustache. Oh, no. It's a thing I've heard it we're said gonna before. We're going to get some emails. No, we're not. <laughs> Are you really? Stafford says yes in all caps. <laughs> See? Okay. 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 Um, so, at any rate, he, but the is mustache a, just stayed for us. No, you don't have a rapey mustache. No. You could grow a handsome ass mustache. Mm. I would, love, I would love to see that mm. with with the... Anyways, I'm getting distracted. Um, <laughs> my husband's handsome and I can't help it. Uh, so they figure out that they're being charged for murder. And what I was saying is that I feel bad. His friend has some personality to him, but for the most part, his role is just to provide more information yeah. around the situation, they make which him, is too bad. They make him a little bit like... He's smarmy. Um, He's a he's a he's a Jewish caricature in this movie, which I didn't really appreciate. No, we, I didn't really notice in him being Jewish. Well, is this is this cry is this okay, crybaby? Like not crybaby. Is this dirty dancing. dirty dancing? Same difference. I think cry there baby. was a time in movies where they just went. They they just were like let let the Jewish characters be Jewish characters. Well, caricatures. Right, and in this case specifically, he comes off more as a caricature. Which, which was and a like, little bit offensive to me yeah. because it felt like he was like this, like you said, this really weird kind of... Smarmy guy. Smarmy, oily, like... And, and it, well, it came looked, off in like an offensive way. If like an overpriced sweater vest was a person with yeah. an attitude, that's yeah. who this guy was. It looks like... it. it yeah, you I was see, like, I don't know. I can't imagine why Ralph Macchio and this guy would be friends. Right, Like right. that was the they part... They seem like two to from yeah. two totally different worlds. Like they ended up being roommates and they ended up being friends. Especially when you find out when Ralph Macchio has this cousin because he gets his phone call he says ma I'm in jail they're charging me for murder we need a lawyer it's gonna cost like a hundred thousand dollars and his mom's like oh, oh your cousin's a lawyer I'll just get I'll just get him to drive down there and defend you and he's like oh that's great, great. I totally forgot about that and his his best friends like wait you know a lawyer who do you know who's a lawyer my, my cousin, cousin Vinny. Vinny. And we have a we title. We have a title. We have a title. And that is your setup. It's a really, it's it's a pretty flawless setup, actually. Yeah. Like they just they build the stakes, 
And then Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei drive down. They arrive in Alabama. Mm -hmm. They're dressed in like all leather, very like deep Brooklyn. Oh my God. And she's like chomping gum and has this huge pink camera. She's taking pictures. She's like, what do you like? You think they have Chinese food around here? Right. She keeps on asking about that. Also too, Joe Pesci has to be wearing a wig. I don't think he is. That has to be a wig. It's 1992. 1,000%. I do not care. It's a wig or it's like implants or This is post Goodfellas. There's, there's there's this very straight line that doesn't look normal. It it looks like Maybe this, it's like, like how Travolta and how Connery wore or wear their their wigs or their uh, I don't I swear what, to god what, what, it was uh, toupees. Toupees. Yes. Something. Yeah. Something. It bugged me the whole time. Sometimes so, they just come off pretty seamless. So yeah, and then they... Uh, th- but you're introduced, what I love, is you're introduced right away to the fact that they both know so fucking much about cars. Right. Because this one guy's like, oh yeah, your tire's all weird because of the, it's got the of mud. mud. We're famous down here for our mud. And they're like, what the... Shut the fuck up. Like, they were... <laughs> and then Joe Pesci's, like, giving her a hard time being like, look, you can't be, like, you. we have to fit in. Stop right. being, like, such an Stop outsider. Stop being so obvious. And, and she's like, well, fu- look at you. Are you a fucking world traveler? <laughs> like, I love, too, in their relationship that their fighting is foreplay. Like, yes. 99% of the yes, time... the entire Their day. fighting is foreplay. But you also get that these two really, like, get off on just arguing. Yeah. So maybe that's why Gambini or Joe Pesci was talked into being a lawyer in the first place. Right. But he's an ambulance chaser. And he's yes. he's been a lawyer for six, six weeks. weeks. I think he took the bar exam, like, eight times. Six times. Six times. And so he's an ambulance chaser. He helps people out with, like, injury lawsuits and stuff like that. Uh, so much so that he sees this guy in a bar in a net cast. He's like, like, how did you, how'd you how, like, how'd you hurt yourself? He's like, I fell over. He's like, ah, oh, fuck, never mind. And then later and on, he's like, like, wait, did you fall over in your own house or someone else's house? He's like, my own house. He's like, fuck, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. So he, so Ralph Macchio doesn't know that his cousin ha- has been a lawyer for six weeks and he's also an ambulance chaser. Now he's like defending them for murder. Murder, right. So it's so, a great fish out of water. And like, like how are they going to figure this out? So they get settled and they keep on over and over and over again going to these motels and hotels where Ugh. shit wakes them up in the middle of the night. It was like our first experience moving to like Crown Heights in Brooklyn. Yes. Because we moved there um, like end of summer. It was September. The it first was the week of September. Yeah, September. So you had all of these synagogues in the neighborhood and they would have those... Oh, the sirens, sirens would go off on yeah, sirens go which off. Which sound like an air raid on Friday night. Don't know what they are at sunset to let for everybody know it's time for Sabbath. So right. there was that, and then on top of that, we also had an insane landlord who threatened to kill us. Our first night. Our first night. And then we had the big uh, what is the the, the big Jamaican parade that goes oh that's up right and, up and down that was like that following uh, Saturday. Oh yeah. my god, it was just like nonstop. It, it was, was insane. It was so, a baptism by fire for oh. Rocket. <laughs> That's amazing. So Rocket got a bath because Megan spilled maple whiskey ice cream all over him. I, and now he's covered him. in a blanket from head to toe and he's sleep barking. So and you all just you can see, see is the blanket puff. just like <laughs> puffing up and down. At any rate. Anyways. Um, so, so they, they can't they, get any sleep. Because they're interrupted by, what was it? There was a slaughterhouse. Yeah, there was a slaughterhouse. And then there was the like the train, the, the, the train and, the, and the mill. The steam whistle. The steam whistle at the mill. Oh my God. What? Okay, so they get settled in and they're like, all right, we got to go. We got to go talk to 
the guys at the jail yes, and let them know. Yes, I have to check in with my cousin. So Ralph friend. Macchio's asleep, and Al Pacino... Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Close. Joe well, Pesci. Joe Pesci <laughs> is talking with the smarmy guy, and the smarmy guy thinks... I don't know why he thinks well, this. Well, he thinks Joe Pesci is like a criminal who's been, like, celled with them. Right, but I don't know. It just... I. Well, because I had a hard time he doesn't look dots. like a lawyer. He doesn't look like a lawyer. Okay, he's, all right. He's in his mind expecting his cousin to come down and Vinny to be dressed like a like lawyer, a, like with and a regular he's not. suit. He's dressed in like, like a leather jacket, right. like he just got. Which also thrown too, into jail he has the best fucking ties. Yeah. I've and Marissa ever Tomei has seen. like the greatest. Oh costumes. my god, her costumes are like amazing. one piece. Like oh, oh my god. My Fucking so, God, she looks so, so 90s, great. But, you're, but she just pulls it off so Oh my God, she does. Yeah. But so he's talking to him in the cell and he's like, you're, okay, well, I guess I have to be somebody's bitch in order to like survive in jail. And he's like, you should feel lucky that I'm going to, because you're going to get fucked either way. You should feel lucky <laughs> you should that You should be down on your knees. You should be down me. on my knees. He's like, what, I'm you not think doing I'm going to come down here just to get jerked off? He's like, I'm not going to jerk you off. And He's like, forget about oh it. Oh my God. Like, I'm going to wake up my cousin. Oh, that it's, was so it's, great. There's this constant, there, there's constant miscommunication happening, which yes. is a lot of the humor of the movie. Uh, they have to go to court during the arraignment. We meet Fred Gwynn, rest his soul. This was his final movie. Fred Gwynn, uh, who plays the judge, uh, is probably best known he's playing Herman Munster terrifying. in the Munsters. He's terrifying, and he's this tall, bass voice, like silver hearted. He, he was an amazing actor. But it was so perfectly cast to have him as like this by the book bellowing bellowing judge who's constantly putting Gambini in his place, right? Um, With so, southern manners. So that relationship is kind of starts off on, on rocky yeah. on rocky road because he finds him in contempt, throws Joe Pesci in jail, in jail. Like every like time. every time he appears in court, he throws him in jail in jail because he's not wearing the right suit. Or he's not following procedure. Or he swears. Or he or, swears. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like like his opening statement after after the prosecution gives their opening statement, Joe Pesci goes up to the jury and he's like, everything that guy said was bullshit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so tired. He's like, he can't even like deal. And the judge is like, what did you just say? <laughs> right. He's like, you're going to jail again. You know, it's like this recurring gag. And what I love too about it is that, okay, so effectively the first couple of hearings and the first couple of the you arraignment, know, arraignment like the opening of this doesn't and... go well because Joe Pesci doesn't know how to be a lawyer. Yeah. He doesn't know how to actually handle a court type of a situation. He's only done personal injury. And he realizes that he's far out of his depth. And his girl or his fiance, Marissa Tomei, keeps asking, what can I do to help? How yeah. can I help? Yeah. And he keeps on being like, I don't want your help. You don't, there's nothing you can do. Just leave me alone. He's out to like prove it for himself that he can do it. Right. But while he's out like making an ass of himself in court, she's like flipping through the Alabama law book. And picking up and really And she's giving important. him information yep. like, no, the prosecution has to share all of all of their documents with you. It's called disclosure. And, and then he's like, oh, I didn't know that. Which also, too, the whole thing where Joe Pesci's like, look, I'm going to go out on a hunting trip with the prosecuting attorney so that I can, like, butter him up and maybe get some information about, you know, right. the files that he's got. <laughs> I want so badly, I have a feeling there's a deleted scene somewhere of Joe Pesci being an 
awkward hunter and I want to see it so it's like something bad. out of Wedding Crashers. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. oh, I would love that right. at any rate. Just dressed in leather in the woods with like this so, double-barreled shotgun. Yeah, so like, Marissa Tomei, again, because she's fucking amazing, bails him Literally. out, has all of this information that's like, you know that you can go interview everybody that he's interviewed and you yes. know that you're allowed to have all this information and... So that's what he does. It's yep. it's almost like true detective. Like he learns how to like be a lawyer yeah. throughout this case and he finally gets to a point even though he's dressed like <laughs> the ringmaster at a circus. Oh, even worse. <laughs> it's like if a ringmaster at a circus and what's his name from Dumb and Dumber if they're it's two like suits a dumb and combined. Dumber tux. Like, because he because he's staying out in the woods, which has one of the funniest sequences. Like oh my God, they're woken up by right. this screeching owl. In the middle and he's of the like, night. what the fuck is that? He runs and grabs this grabs 357 Magnum, just runs out the door, just starts firing it. And then At I was nothing. like. And then goes. <laughs> and then it just goes right back to screen. So then they go and sleep in the car. Holy shit. Oh my God. They sleep in the car. They and get then... stuck in the mud. His suit ends up, his nice court suit ends up getting covered in mud. So he has to go to like this secondhand clothes store. No, he goes to shower and she goes, she goes to the secondhand she clothes goes store. She goes to a suit store, but it's closed because of the flu, which, which I was like, okay, real. already too soon. Closed for soon. the coronavirus. Which closed for coronavirus. <laughs> so they, closed for the flu. So she goes to a secondhand store and it's the only thing and it looks like a like dead this circus. Maroon, dead, like, like someone, uh, some dead carny got buried. Yeah, in. exactly. Yeah. And the judge is like, what are you wearing? Is and he's like, here's this whole thing happen. He's like, actually, because you have such strict rules, I wore this suit for you. I knew you, you, wasn't you, like, you wouldn't I like you what wouldn't I like normally it. wear. And there's all these oh really great little courtroom moments where he, he like tests one of the witnesses on her eyesight. Yeah, so that's the thing he is gets that in this guy's face happens... About, once Marissa Tomei tells him, like, you know that you can go and get all this information and yeah. interview all these people, right? As soon as he has some info and as soon as he has, like, a bit more to work with, instead of just trying to say, like, no, they're not, they're not, in, they're fine. They yeah. didn't do anything. As soon as he has that, he just fucking rips. Yeah. He is yeah. amazing. But he's bringing, like, this procedural side to it, but also, like, his Brooklyn his attitude. Brooklyn asshole no arguing. Like, yeah. he's just picking people apart because the the premise is, is that all these people gave this testimony, but there's all these holes in their testimony. Right. Like, but there's the, no way But again, the way that the, true. the prosecuting attorney presents it is that, man, if you didn't know anything about what was going on, it's like there's three eyewitnesses and right. all of them said they saw this person with this, this car. car. That's the thing that I was like, I have no idea how they're going to get around the car because it's a very specific car, a mint green Corvette. Right. And they tested like the the stuff that was on the, the tire road treads with and the tires. That. And I was yeah. like, how how can yeah, they like get around forensics, this? Like basic forensics detective. Yeah, I was like, there's no way. And right. then the fact, I almost and then don't want to back. Spoil well, we circle back to Marissa Tomei's knowledge about cars. Right. Which ends up, and she's the one who ends up like winning the case. She actually does. Again, a la True Detective, where you're so absorbed in Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. It's Woody Harrelson who ends up actually solving that. They're like, he, he ends up right. grasping the clue that like breaks the case. And right. And you're like, what the fuck? I didn't right. expect that. 
And it's so. one of the, where like, and I got really and not mad, to spoil actually. anything. We won't. Yeah, I don't like this. Is actually even one, though the movie's like thirty years right, old. Right, this movie is not. It's one that we don't really want to spoil. Young, but I don't want. It's so great. And it's, it's so like, enjoyable to watch. And it's two hours. Yeah. Like it's it clips, it clips along. along. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. And I got really mad when I first was looking for images for this because uh. I was looking for you know just a, a thumbnail, and it said just Joe Pesci, and that's it. I found several ones that just said, had him with Marissa Tomei. He's standing on a bunch of lawyer books and she's like straightening his tie. And it just says, Joe Pesci in My Cousin Vinny. Hmm. And I'm like... He had just won an Oscar for Goodfellas. So he was riding high on all this great press from that movie. Plus his Academy Award win. I just... And Marissa Tomei, after this, that's when she started getting... You know, more of the leading lady kind of right. stuff. Right. To me, this felt almost like not a buddy cop movie, yeah. but it was it was a equal they were partner. Yeah. Completely. But in nineteen ninety two, I don't I don't think we were quite there yet. We're still in like the lethal weapon. I did days. love when she won the pool. Oh yeah. Uh, the pool game. And then the, the whole fucking drawn out story about the two hundred dollars that this guy owed i think they came like, back to him three times yeah three times yeah. they follow the rule of three so, <laughs> so well in this movie right, right. and all these misunderstandings that totally make sense right that are ridiculous just enough but you would buy into that happening right like oh my god and the um so the smarmy guy at one point yes. during the trial process um uh. He hires like he hires public the attorney. public attorney, the public defense to come and he's like, I your guy Vinny is just really shitty. Like he's awful. I don't he, trust that he's gonna win, so I'm gonna hire a public attorney. Right. For us. So the public attorney comes. But he's in. got. He has the this worst horrible stutter. Stutter. It's so one part great in the movie when he's like, if you have any idea what. Part of this, you can actually see them breaking Ralph up in the background. In the background, losing, his shit losing it, they cannot keep it together. Yeah. It's so it's really fucking funny. funny. Um, yeah, this oh like one, one of the more enjoyable movies. Like, I'm so glad we came back to this movie because yeah. I hadn't seen it in 25 years, right? And so it it felt like I was watching it for the first time. I remember little glimpses of it. But it was me rediscovering like a legitimately funny movie, but also a movie that I think you're right. I think Pesci and Tomei were just so equally balanced in Which, the movie, and she matched him like line for line. And she just she kind of rose up to the challenge, and of course she wins an Academy Award. And what a fucking like what fucking shoes to fill! Yeah. Like to know that you are playing romantic opposite of someone who is significantly older Twice than your you, age. who just won a uh, an Oscar. And who has like a pretty stellar film career. Yeah. Knowing that not only do you need to step up to the plate, but you need to match them right where they're at and not pull any punches for a role that also has that chutzpah to it. Again, like she could not back down in any way. She couldn't be afraid. Like no cracks could show really. No, but she also had to have softness to her. A sweetness. And that was just, I love the dimension of her character. It was... And it made me homesick for New York. Oh, it sure. made me miss like the the characters that we know, the people that would be like, "Fuck you!" And then <laughs> even to, "Hi, hey. my goodness." <laughs> Did you just wake up? Hang on, let me see Should if we, I can. can we get I'm gonna see if I can do this. Cause oh my god, hi you. 
What are you doing? Were you sleeping? Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> um, Bath time really makes him tired. It does. It well, it, water's exhausting in many ways. Any ice cream spilled on you is no. No, it's no joke. I'm gonna turn on this. Okay, so um, so yeah, I. I thought that she did an incredible job, even though I don't know if I agree with the whole um, Oscar for whatever reason. I just... I think she deserved every bit of it. it I was don't a, know. It was, it was a supporting actress Oscar. Oh, okay. So... Well, of course. I like, feel like it, else, was, yeah. it was in the right category, but also if you're looking for like a larger-than-life standout performance, and I would have to look at who else was nominated Right, that that's year. what I'm curious There's about. There's a little bit of trivia that I'll get into about her nomination and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think she completely deserved every nugget of that thing. I mean, she, again, she's amazing. I, 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 I really love this movie. I would totally watch it again. Yeah, like, me too. Not only would I like, oh, if it's on, but it's like I would go. You know what? Hey, I want to watch my cousin Vinny. Yeah. Like I would. It's a, it's a feel good movie. It's a feel good it really movie. Is. It's really funny. It's got some great twists to it. I know that there's stuff that we missed because we were laughing. At, we had to go back a couple times because we were like, wait, what did he just say? <laughs> right. Like, uh, also too for the two Utes. I thought he said the you the the two of yous. I thought that's what he said, not the right. two youths. <laughs> and Fred Gwynn has to ask for like clarification. He's like, like "What's what a you ute? say? A ute? What's a ute? He's like, "Sorry, defendants. The, or the two youths, the, 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 the youngsters, or whatever." Oh my god, um, it's so fucking so, funny. So on that, let's jump into a little bit of trivia here. Okay. Well, wait. I would just say that. Do we want to talk? Oh, trivia. Then we recommend. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So I'm cue, just so excited to recommend it. So let's cue that trivia okay, music. Okay, cue the trivia music, even though we don't do it anymore. Right. Dun da da dun da dun da dun da dun da da dun da da dun. So the misunderstanding between Gambini and Judge Holler regarding the two Utes was in fact a real conversation between Joe Pesci and the director Jonathan Lynn. Lynn, who is British, at first had a really hard time understanding Joe Pesci's New Jersey accent that's amazing he decided that their whole routine was hilarious and that it should absolutely be in the movie so that was just that actually that was a happened. real life experience between oh my director god and actor. i will say that i tend to do that i have a hard time understanding accents and people get really mad at me <laughs> this happens all the time according to the director jonathan lynn the screech of the owl in the scene in the woods was a real owl that they had a little prior training so it wouldn't be scared and run away by the gunfire of the crew got it to open its mouth by giving it little pieces of beef and artificially induced screeches were added to the film in post. The owl's reaction to Vinny shooting the gun was authentic and only needed one take. And the director is eternally grateful and he states on DVD commentary that we got amazingly lucky with this screechy little owl. Because that's insane. Like, he shoots Because the owl looking like, around, he's like... She shoots off like six, six rounds, rounds or something. And the, the owl's just like... <laughs> Anyways, like, oh my god! <laughs> the first time uh, where Gambini has to explain his real name to Fred Gwynn oh, in his that's office when right. he's playing chess. Yeah. The take where he knocks down the chess pieces yeah. was an accident. Was it really? And I thought he did that on purpose yeah. so that no, they no, would no, 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 he no. would mess up the. It word. was accidental, but the director thought it was so funny that he just left it in the movie. And Fred, I fucking Fred loved Gwynn's reaction, his reaction was like, to it was just like. 
It's like if someone was putting together one of those uh, ships in a bottle. Right, right. And then someone and went in and like It's took a game that's probably been out. played for like months. And he's playing chess with himself. Yeah. And Gamini just comes in and knocks the just whole thing. Just knocks it all over. So oh, so it's, great. It's, it's, uh, it's like a metaphor for him coming in. And just to ruining very everything. environment and just mm-hmm. fucking everything up and he can't stand it. Um, director Jonathan Lynn actually has a law degree. Really? And insisted that the film's legal proceedings be realistic. In fact, many attorneys and law professors praise this film because it is so accurate because of the trial strategy and courtroom procedure. The film has been screened at many law schools to illustrate the courtroom procedures and how proper they are. So this is also fun trivia, fun fact. Speaking of, when I was in seventh grade, my mom, who is a former tax attorney lawyer, she practiced law for almost all of her life, even when she was a baby, apparently. (laughs) She, uh, She did a mock trial for our middle school for our seventh grade class. And she wanted us to see what a real courtroom was like. But she's like, well, normal courtrooms are really boring. (laughs) So she had everybody take home a permission slip so that we could watch a part of this movie that then we got to see. So the first time I actually watched this movie... Was in seventh grade. Was in seventh grade, but it was just a little bit of it. The American Bar Association, uh, their publication, the ABA Journal, ranks this movie number three... What? ...out of the 25 greatest legal movies ever made. Does it say what else is in there? No, but we should look that up. We should look that up. That's great. Uh, The exchange between the prosecutor and the automotive expert about the equipment used to analyze the tires, the guy from the FBI... Yes! was taken almost verbatim from an actual court transcript. The witness, yes, asked uh, to analyze the evidence, answered with all of that Hewlett-Packard, 5710A, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, So that was actually taken from a real-life courtroom conversation. It felt like it. Like, that that was no joke. I for sure was like, I don't know how they're going to get around this. Touching on Marissa Tomei's Academy Award win, shortly after her Academy Award win for Best Supporting Actress, a rumor started circulating that Marissa Tomei had won by mistake because presenter Jack Palance, who was very old at the time, had incorrectly read out the wrong name. This is a highly unlikely occurrence, and the Academy specifically has two officials stationed offstage to intervene and read out the correct name if such an event should transpire. Such an event didn't occur until the 2017 Oscars when Warren Beatty gave the wrong card to Faye Dunaway, and she mistakenly announced La La Land as Best Picture instead of the actual winner, which was Moonlight. Oh, The error was corrected in about two minutes. So I don't know why this rumor was spread. Uh, because maybe touching on what you said, there were people out there who maybe thought she didn't deserve it. Maybe. I completely think the opposite. She's amazing in this movie. She is incredible in this movie. Again, I'm just, I guess for me at least when I think, and I think this is true to be perfectly honest for any and all kind of cinematic awards. You feel like they have to go to people who have, oh, oh my gosh, who have like, are you know like fucking Leonardo DiCaprio it's like unless a bear has ripped you open you don't deserve an award <laughs> even like, though he's like given he's amazing done performances an incredible like job. Jingle Unchained oh and the God. Aviator like, like why did it take you guys so long to give him an Academy but Award but for whatever like, what does reason it take? it's like I just you have to put out ads and it's super political it seems like people only bullshit. get awards for doing really intense shit or really heavy shit it's rare that you see people win awards for comedy, which I think it's is true. a fucking tragedy yeah. because comedy is harder. Yeah. 
it is so much harder like timing making sure that it's authentic like there's so much that goes into comedy not to say that you know drama and tragedy isn't it's just a different beast and i don't think that comedy gets a fair shake if i'm being honest so that you know maybe that's i've been conditioned to be like uh she wasn't really serious i don't really understand why but she was she serious that, she that's was. the thing like she it came off as comedian because of how serious she right. was right which honestly that's what makes comedy work is when right. you don't treat it as funny yeah when you just and then just say the lines just say it and you're acting normal just say the fucking lines just say the lines just say the lines just say the lines so the and the guy who directed this also directed the movie clue which is oh. a very funny movie and the guy who wrote this, uh, wrote the movie Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I oh. think that's what he's best known for. So I feel like you had you had one writer oh my God. Who, wrote, who was known for writing good comedy, really but also a writer. director who knew how to direct a situational comedy. Yes. And Clue, which is like one of the great comedies of all time, I think. Yes. So yes. would you recommend this movie? I fucking would recommend this movie to everybody. Me too. Me too. Like, Especially this is, now. This is one of those movies where even if, you're not like, oh, I love Joe Pesci. You'll love this movie. Yeah. Like, it's fun. It's funny. It's engaging from the very beginning. It's got so many characters in it and caricatures. Mm -hmm. Some parts, like, I agree. I think, like, the best friend, I'm like, okay, what what are we doing? Right. But yeah. but it's something where you're... I think we've evolved since then. Yes, yeah. I think so, too. <laughs> and also, I will say, too, I appreciate that they actually kind of commented on the guy being a little bit of a dick because they're like, we're not all, like, cousin fuckers out here. Right, right. You know, so I, I did appreciate that. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I love this movie. I definitely would recommend it. I would recommend it to anyone as well. If you're looking for just a good laugh and a feel-good movie, um, you know, while we're all quarantined or heading into a holiday weekend, that is usually one that's one that we share with our families. Um, it's a feel-good movie, and it's also genuine. It's very funny. It's well-written, well-acted, well-directed. Um, it just makes you, uh, it's, it's kind of like how Quentin Tarantino movies make me feel. Oh my goodness. And I just need to be as serious as possible, uh, because that's how comedy works. It's one of those movies that just makes you really appreciate the art of movie making and really makes you appreciate good movies, so. Is something funny? No. No? Uh... I do think that when it comes to films that are about the judicial system, yes. that there can be several different ways of going about it, and this movie definitely finds one gleaming truth, which is <laughs> that... <laughs> For those of you who are listening, Rocket is currently angrily nesting. <laughs> Because his ears are still his wet. His ears from his are bath still and wet. He does not care for And that. he gets really mad about that. So we're just trying our best. And it's not going, it's not well, going well to to save face. So watch my cousin Minnie. It's amazing. Um and you'll be glad you did. So uh, while Rocket loses his mind back here, uh this is our time to uh tell you to like and subscribe and share with your friends. I'd also like to give my usual shout out to uh, the people on the front lines of the COVID crisis, uh, delivery people, uh, post office workers, uh, doctors and nurses, people who are still first out there, responders. first responders, cops, firefighters, everyone who's still out there making everything function and helping make sure that we have everything we need. The people at the stores who are still working to stock the shelves. Uh, putting themselves in harm's way. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully this gives you a little bit of breath of fresh air and a little light into your day. 
Um, but we appreciate you. We love you. And thank you for all that you do. Um, and uh, we don't really know what movie we're going to do yeah, next. Although, I, like... I did have an idea mm-hmm. for a movie that you haven't seen. Oh, man. We just talked about this today. Literally today. And I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good movie to do next. You so. want to do that one? Should we announce yeah, it? Yeah. I don't want to announce it You now. don't want to announce it now? Okay. So, subscribe to our Instagram if yes. you want to know. Um, yeah. It's a good one, I think. And one that I'm a little bit ashamed that I haven't seen. Yes. So. You should be. How dare you? Um, yeah. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening and tuning in. Thank you for everyone who watches us on YouTube Live, Stafford especially. And Jacob Bean Watson. And Jacob Bean Watson. We love you guys. We love you both. Um, um, thank you again for your support. And I think that's it. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a wonderful uh, Memorial Day weekend. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Thank you to everyone for uh, who has been in the military and for your service. Yes. We appreciate all you've done. We would not be here without you, so thank you. Oh my gosh. Rocket Elizabeth Farmer. He is... Lo- okay. All right. Okay. Well, we need to go tend to our dog now. So we'll all go right. ahead and sign off. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.